Johnny, that's better than most. That is better than most. Better than most! The return to glory. All right. What's up, man? Good morning, Mike. We're in the same time zone for the once. Good morning. Morning. Oh, uh, yeah. You see the sunshine out? Yeah. How's Florida? Uh, I've only seen it at night. I got in last night at 8 o'clock, and after this, I'm going to go play a practice round. So, hopefully I can nice, wake up by, by then. <laughs> right on. Well, we can talk more about that uh, in a little bit. But uh, we had a few things we wanted to discuss uh, on hand for today, right? Yes, sir. One being, one being uh, Clovernook Open coming up in May, and uh, it's yeah, back. Just a little bit about that. It's back. Um, same with this little letter that our friend Ryan and Monday Q Info wrote uh, to the PGA Tour commissioner. Hopefully, the guy sees it. Uh, I read it, you read it, and we'll uh, comment on that a little bit. So, uh, yeah, but background of the Clovernook Open, May 8 through 12, 2023, is Clovernook Open Week. Uh, it's Clovernook's 100th year like anniversary, so we're really trying to go all out for it. we got a few things planned uh, from addition to last year gonna add on to like the little village that we started for the players that are aware of uh what's that what was there last year um and put on a little post tournament celebration uh featuring some local bands <clears throat> but uh yeah it's uh it's fun time mike i hope you can make it over you were there for the pro-am last year and um hope you can play in both this year baby steps baby steps yeah, man. Baby steps. That's awesome. So you said what? what's going to be different? Uh, well, like I said, the club's 100-year anniversary, so we're going to do a little post-tournament celebration, putting on a little concert. So um, <clears throat> we're going to have some late tea times, going to have kind of like an afternoon finish, late afternoon finish for the, for the guys in the third round. And, um, yeah, I mean, right after that, we're going to gonna, – have the award ceremony, then concert. So going to feature audio graffiti and the naked karate girls. So <laughs> I don't know if those are familiar names to you, but if you're Cincinnati, they, they sound made up they to are. me, but they're probably pretty good. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, they are both, both good. Um, but anyways, uh, more golf talk with it. So, uh, yeah, 54 hole tournament, Purse estimated $75,000 with a full field of 90 and uh, first place will be 15 grand. So yeah, it's a, it's going to be awesome. And we're looking to kind of add to it from here on out, more updates to come and follow, you know? Yeah. And to put that into like perspective. So last year I played in the SoCal open the same time the Clovernook open was going on. And there was like 200 guys, and I think the price to get in is like 750. But 
the winner also gets 15,000. So the fact that your field is smaller and you're giving back as much money is, I mean, just shows a lot. And that's, that's like, and state opens are usually like the nicest part of mini tour golf. Like if I played like a, a golden state event, or I guess it's called Asher tour now, um, it would be like 150 guys. Actually, I just got one that's supposed to be cheaper. I just signed up for one in, uh, yeah, when is it? March. And it is, there's 40 guys, but the price is 1200 bucks and the winner gets 10,000. So it's, uh, these state opens and the Clovernook open are on the cheaper side, but the Clovernook open is leaps and bounds gives back more than, than any other tournament. So like, uh, again, I'll finish the Asher tour thing. So it would be like 1200 for like 150 guys and you probably get like 10 grand. So that extra five, the, the purse that goes more to the players, you're obviously not trying to make money off of these guys or guys like, you know, guys like me, or, I mean, I know you play it, you play in it, right? Clovernock Open? Yeah. I won't be able to this year, but I'll still be on site as but, but you've, friendly you've, tournament director. You've played in the past, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have all four years. So I'm saying like you're not trying to just like make money off of these guys. You're you're trying to put on an event that's fair and people who come in and travel. And I know there's there's a lot of people who like whenever I mention like our podcast and mention your name, they're like, Oh yeah, that he runs the Covernick Open, right? And it's you know, not guys just from Cincinnati, Ohio, it's guys from kinda all over. So it's uh for guys like me, it's kind of a big deal to have tournaments tournaments like that, even though I've never played in it yet. So uh hopefully I'll be able to get there out there this year. But but yeah, it, it's um we talk a lot we've previously talked a lot about pricing and how expensive golf can be. And uh I mean that's just kind of the name of the game, unfortunately, is what tournaments can you afford and what tournaments are worth traveling to. Um Yeah, and I I mean I know you said on the last pod don't spare any expense for golf, but sometimes you have to. Yeah, I mean, you, you'll go with a, a more cost-efficient tournament if it's mm-hmm. saving. Like you got bad example here, Big Money Classic. That's well, $3,000 back in the day they're versus like trouble, a though. cheap. Yeah, um, they are, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you have like something like that compared, let's say like even like an Adams tour or um, APT event mm-hmm. where those are upwards of like 1200 for for a single entry. I don't, I can't remember, recall if it's non-member or member, but I mean still. Non-member, non-member is 1250 and a member is 950. Okay. So, I mean, in the past, G Pro Tour events have been like a hundred, two hundred dollars cheaper, and they're not too far away from like where my hub was in, in Carolina, down in Pinehurst. So, um, I elected to go down south and and play there for like a hundred dollars less. Whereas, like, I probably could have gotten a plane ticket to Texas and made a couple couple weeks stay out of it, and and maybe paid a little bit more. But 
Yeah, I mean, that was that's one driver for me, too. I mean, it also helped that I, like, had a strong relationship with Gary. But, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, the almighty dollar does play a little bit of role in it, even though, like, yeah, I did say spared no expense. But I mean, there's time where times where you do have <laughs> to, like, kind of budget things. Yeah. Be realistic. Yeah, there's a uh, – I think every third tournament I play in, it kind of – comes up that like we wish the hooters tour was still around and we wish tours like that were still around because the mini tour scene has been relatively the same the last five six years but there's really there really hasn't been like a it hasn't gotten any better and it hasn't gotten any worse basically so yeah maybe i mean i'm trying to think if like any there's no new tours i know swing thought tours kind of fizzled out i mean we kind of talked about that last year i looked them up this past week they don't have a website anymore (laughs) dude they suck you can't find anything about them they sucked i mean like then then speaking of like the big money classic and and the swing thought they weren't even paying people like they it took like months and then i heard some people a few years they didn't get paid which is just out of control if you're trying to start a if you're trying to start a golf tour you can't i mean i understand you need to make money but you need to realize that this isn't you're not making money from the right people it doesn't come from the players it comes from like the work you do outside of events to make it yeah like to make it look good and, yeah and that's one thing I've realized with the Clovernook Open. And I mean, circling back to that, like the motive behind it, like I play in it. And like the reason, like my, my, one of my ultimate motives behind starting a tournament was like, man, like I just want to play in a tournament and like have a tournament and showcase the showcase Clovernook and like how fun of a course it is to play in the tournament setting, you know, because like I grew up playing it every day and, I mean, I just loved it so much, loved being out there and just playing games out there was always so much fun. And I just wanted to kind of take it to the next level. And like, hey, like, why don't we have like, have, bring bring as many people in as we can. And year one, we had 50 guys and purse of like $18,000. First place got paid out by like 3000 around that. Um, and now, like, last year we had a purse, like, around 67 or 68 and paid out for first place, got paid out for uh, $13,000. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely grown a lot, and we're looking to keep keep up with it. And it's just been fun, fun doing it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, that's. Clover, I mean, I've played Clovernook a million times, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's just cool to have like another option, like a, like a good option to to play in an event for a week. I was kind of just thinking in my head while you were talking, like how cool it would be if you could do like the Clovernook Classic, the Heritage Classic, or the Clovernook Open, the Heritage like Classic, the fucking Four Bridges Open, whatever you know, and all around Cincinnati. Just like thinking about all those golf courses we grew up playing, 
I don't know. That'd be that'd be pretty cool to have like a little like their its own like mini tour, but just get like I don't know. I was just like daydreaming about that shit. But anyway, <laughs> I like it. No, I like well, it's been talked about. Let's just put it that way. That'd be that'd be pretty dope. Cause like not like just give go ahead give like I mean give us Monday Tuesday Wednesday one week out of the year for those golf courses in the summer when it's like, you know, nice, but I mean, that'd be pretty cool. And plus, like, I feel like people in Cincinnati always want more stuff to be around because once football season's over, I mean, we know the reds suck, so (laughs) we need something to do. Maybe, maybe, uh, go into a golf tournament. That's not the Memorial and you know a place that you're familiar with and maybe some of the members want to chip in that'd be pretty cool yeah exactly that's what we got going on so hopefully uh more spectators and an outside audience can come take a peek uh we keep leaving our plan is to keep leaving everyone that comes to the tournament whether or not they're player sponsor member spectator whatever uh, we just want the experience to be second to none. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, I know I just said that mini tours haven't really changed much. There has been a change, though, in these Monday qualifiers with the prices going up, spots going down, some tournaments not even having a Monday qualifier anymore. And, for example, when I first moved to L.A., the Genesis Open was like, one of those tournaments where I'm like, oh, wow, finally there's a tournament <clears throat> that I don't have to drive like two hours to or a Monday qualifier. I don't have to drive like two hours to or fly across the country, which I did yesterday to get to play in a few here. But um, a lot of them are going to be more invitationals with smaller fields. And I feel like that's going to kind of kill golf because then you're just kind of cutting the pipeline. And then you're only you're basically picking and choosing the guys you want to rise to the top. It's kind of turning more into my opinion, it's kind of tor- instead of a sport, it's becoming more like Hollywood, where obviously you still have to be good, but there's like really no opportunity now. So scripted, yeah, it's 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 scripted. So we read the script and we didn't like it. So uh, the Monday Monday Q info, what's his name? His name's Ryan, right? Yeah, yeah. He he posted. He like wrote a letter to. He wrote it to the commissioner, right? He did. Yeah. I don't know if it was like addressed to him or if it was just a public note that he hopes it look he stumbles upon or what. But. Probably did both, but um, I I sent it to you and I know you read it and I just what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I'm I'm really curious to see like how they go about it because wouldn't the waste management Phoenix Open be considered one of these uh exclusive or um yeah like these exclusive events well i mean it's it isn't open now and you can you can qualify for it but uh i heard some people calling it like the fifth major which is a little ridiculous because it's just a party but they're gonna make these more there's they're gonna make these more popular events invitationals and they're going to, you know, basically pick their fields and get the the guys that are going to bring the most eyes to the, to the course. And it's going to be more an, 
more an event than a golf tournament. So that's what so, that's from what I gathered. I think as long as you're not taking away Monday qualifiers, then that's fine. Give give these guys like Brett White an opportunity to play in the Waste Management Phoenix Open when when the purse is like amped up. Like still give that opportunity. I have no issue with it if, if they're gonna do that, but I mean if they're gonna like start reducing and taking out the number of Monday qualifiers they have then yeah I mean you're not giving guys like you're not you're not promising um, spots like you said you would and like like you know how good even if you offer a Monday qualifier for these tournaments that they're proposing where they're like beefing up the purses by like X amount like you know how good that would make them look you know i mean not that like it matters to them but i mean that that would satisfy a lot of people even if it is just like a two spotter you know like whatever there's still a chance but i i mean yeah it's like a really slippery slope that like we're going we're we're going down with like what live golf and what now the PGA Tour is combating, combating with golf with. Um, My thing is their, their slogan is grow the game, right? <clears throat> it's been like that for a while. And I've been trying to push back on that because I, because it's today it's Wednesday and I'm trying to go get a tea time and we'll see if that's possible. But I think also it means that it gives other people opportunity to play at the highest level. And I think one of the coolest parts about golf is uh, a guy who works at the pro shop who maybe didn't have that much money, his local tournament that year comes to his golf course or comes to his city. And, you know, he's been trying to fine tune his game and waiting for an opportunity. He goes out there, shoots 65, qualifies, and, you know, maybe makes a run. Maybe he can get out of the pro shop, you know, instead of making $45,000 a year, he's now trying to chase, chase the dream. I think that's one of the coolest parts of golf. And, um, I'm not just saying that because I, that's basically what I'm trying to do, but I think, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's, it makes it unique. Um, I think that's like an identity of golf is that you have that opportunity. Um, and, they keep lowering spots. Like they keep taking spots away gradually. So it used to be five. Now it's four. Now it's or then four. Now I think it's three. Maybe maybe it's still four on PGA Tour. I know. I know. Uh, I mean, it used to be fourteen on the PGA Tour. Yeah, but when was that? Like way back during Sunny's time. <laughs> oh, so like in the nineties. Yeah. See that that's insane. So like my my thing is if if you're gonna take. I know I've said this before, but if you're going to take out Monday qualifying and make it like top 75 in the world, fine. Then have another developmental tour, have something below the Corn Ferry Tour out here, then have something below that, or have the secondary PGA Tour event where the other 150 guys can go and play, and you don't think you're going to get ratings on that? You don't think you can get sponsors on that? I mean, it's 
it's out of it's out of control. It's like when people complain about the NBA having too many games. It's like, hey man, you don't like you don't like to be entertained every night. You don't like to have a game on every night. Like that's ridiculous. Like I I want to have sports all the time around me. I mean, it sucks. Football's over, but now it could be like, I know there's at least seven NBA games on tonight, so I'm gonna throw one of those on. And yeah, you can turn on TNT or ESPN, and there's a game. Yeah, and so I don't watch golf. Um, I I just don't. The reason I don't watch golf is because I don't really. I honestly never really sat down and thought of the reason I don't watch it. I think it's more of like the broadcast and and uh, they kind of make all these guys look invincible because they're only showing good shots unless Tiger's playing and then he's like plus five and you can see him hit it all over the place. But it's kind of, uh, I don't know, I feel like it'd be pretty cool to watch to watch guys fight to get up to the top 75. And I know that's kind of what the corn fairy is, but there's way too many people playing to not expand. That's why there's expansion teams in the NFL. That's why there's expansion team expansion teams in the NBA is because there's, there's starting to be so much talent in the world that they're like, Hey man, we can, we can make more money. We can do more. So why not have a secondary event? But the Monday, I feel like the Monday qualifier coming back to that is, it's a pretty big identity, and it would suck to to lose it. And yeah. um, and lastly, the uh, Champions Tour is like the hardest tour to get on. Every year at Q School, there's only five spots, and then Monday qualifiers went from four players to three players this year. So, so I don't I don't get it, man. Um, I'm trying to figure out the the big motive behind it and it, i mean it's probably money but how much money do you need it's that's my thing in the nonprofit of the PGA 501c3 PGA tour <laughs> yeah so do you have anything else to say on that Nah, I mean, we've talked about this. I'm I'm pretty like back and forth when it comes to live golf and like how I feel about it. Um, back and forth, that's new. Well, I mean, a part of me wants to <clears throat> like think like the PGA Tour is being being integral in a sense, but like it shows like a like. Like there's kind of like proof right there that there's be there's they're holding back money, you know, or like they have money that they can give out, but they're not like distributing it. I'm not saying that like that they have to, but uh, I mean because because the golfers, some of them, have already decided like, hey, like I'm gonna chase the money, or I'm gonna I'm gonna follow the money and go play in the Saudi league, then, then they, um, then that's what they've done. And I mean, the PJ tour obviously wanted to like, kind of put a stop at that. And that's why they, that's probably one reason why they announced the, this, these beefed up events. So, um, 
a part of me like wants to stay old school and like say PGA Tour and like hey like we're me and you we're gonna do Monday qualifiers we're gonna do the U.S. Open qualifier we're gonna do everything like the PGA Tour follows and so like until Live Golf does something like of a developmental tour or some sort of feeder system they're not gonna get that and they don't have to because I mean they're they're doing their own thing right now. Um, so yeah, yeah plus, like, plus it's new too. Yeah, so part it is. And part of me like is like favoring the PGA Tour, but another part of me wants to keep making the Clutternook Open better and better, and kind of maybe like, hey, show them like, hey, like here's a little spotlight event, like you could maybe use as a developmental tour, or if you want to even like make it a live golf event. Crazier things have happened. <laughs> You know, it's uh, you, you just give it, give me this idea is you have all these state opens run by the PGA, the PGA. I know it's different than the PGA Tour, uh, but how do they not get like um, like the Ohio Open, the the California Open, the Cal State Open, Arizona Open, all these opens, and be like, hey, let's let's sanction these. Let's give these guys like something more to play for. Like, let's give them a spot somewhere. Let's. Uh, I know the Astrotor has one <clears throat> has one event every year that has that and it's the Reno Open. If you win, you get into the Barracuda. So I mean, it, it's just like I I get people asking me all the time like, "Oh, what's this tournament for?" I'm like, "It's either just for money or it's just a qualifier, you know?" And it's just like like sometimes you're just like, "All right, what should I like spend all my time doing because I want to play in these bigger events for money but i also want to move up and i just i there's just like do they not go into a boardroom and ever talk about this or do they just like laugh it off like oh we don't care about the little guy we we want we want rory and and patrick reed to battle it out on sunday but what happens like 10 years down the road when you know maybe some of these pga tour you uh the is it pga u pga tour u the university whatever yeah. Yeah. What if those guys don't pan out? Like, what if? I I just I just don't know. I feel like the the best way to do it is is to have guys organically grow themselves through the system that they build. But sometimes when you look at the system, it just looks system like it's impossible. I know the P. Uh, I think the Canadian tour went from or went from like fifteen spots to five spots, and then no one was signing up for Canada and then they put it back up to 15 spots to go up to the corn fairy tour. And then like once everyone saw that, everyone just started, you know, signing up for it again. So, I mean, sometimes like when we're playing, I mean, I know you probably felt like this. I feel like this a lot, but maybe you're playing, you're playing well, you shoot, let's say, say you shoot like 67 in a qualifier and you miss it by four. You kind of, you, you, probably feel like man is this even possible like am i gonna am i gonna do this like i mean it's definitely been a thought in my mind but obviously like i'm gonna keep trying but but you know what i mean it's just sometimes it feels like a little out of reach just because how the system is is set and they're making it harder and harder and more expensive and more expensive because now qualifiers are 500 dollars when they were i think what 400 when we started 300 when we started so were, for the most part they were 450 but like the pre-queues were like 200 then 250 but now it's 250 250 or something like that yeah um 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely understand what you're saying, how you're feeling. It's uh, not not ideal. I mean, it's tough. When I th- when I think of like the feeder system for the PGA Tour with like the Corn Ferry Tour and PGA Tour Canada and Latino America, like I just I have this picture of all these sheep. Like the, like there's this aerial picture I saw on like social media way back in the day. It's, it always comes up still too. Um, all these sheep are like trying to like go through this fence, this one little part in the fence, but like there's so many, like it's just so bottlenecked. And so like only a few can get through at a time and there's so many that are missing out on getting to the other side. Um, so to me, like that's kind of like what the PGA tours system is like in the meantime, like you gotta just keep honing your game and like stay sharp, do what you got to do to, to get your funds right or get your game right for when that time comes for like, Hey, like you have an open shot through that gate, quote unquote, or an open window. So those windows being Q school, Monday qualifiers, whatever. Yeah. And then plus there's someone at that gate slowly pushing it more shut. Yep. <laughs> so yep. that's a good, that's a good analogy. I like that. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I mean, it's I'm not saying it should be easy. It shouldn't be easy, but when you can visually see it getting more difficult for no reason besides money, it's, it's frustrating. And I was I was uh, talking to someone yesterday, and they were asking me how I felt about live, and I'm like, I do not really care about live. Like it, it's fine. I don't, I'm not against it. I think the people against it, like you're an idiot if you're against it. The PGA Tour is pretty corrupt. It's uh, all they all they want is money, and there's a reason why those guys left. They were kind of fed up with, even though they were like top fifty in the world they were pretty just kind of fed up with the PGA tour and like what it does. And then, then you find out all this stuff like last year after the PGA tour bashed the Saudis for, for blood money, they, their whole, whole FedEx cup was sponsored by Saudi money. So I don't know, man, it's uh, money talks. You just gotta play well when it, when it matters. That's what it comes down to unfortunately so so yeah i feel feel like uh you would like that post i sent you so i i I thought it was pretty cool that someone actually cares and they don't even play yeah yeah it's awesome so shout out ryan yeah my man you're welcome at the clovernook open whenever (laughs) you know send him a personal invite how about you send him a letter bring him out there um he was supposed to come last year, but uh, it just came up. Things came up, and he wasn't able to. Yeah. So hopefully, he can make it this year. If you're listening, Ryan, hope you can make it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be dope. That'd be pretty cool. All right. Well, after I just talked about how how much Monday qualifiers were 
slowly losing spots and getting more expensive. I'm in Florida right now, about to play in four different ones. So that's what I'm doing. I'm going to try to play some some minor league events. I'm staying at my my old home, West Palm Beach, for for a couple weeks, and I'm excited. I'm excited to get to like actually be here for more than three or four days because it's tough flying across the country and playing in like one event and leaving, you know? So I'm excited to kind of keep my, kind of keep a little home base and, you know, get used to this Bermuda grass playing these events. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to, if you want to follow, if you want to follow what I'm doing, just go to my website, mikewolfgolf.com and all the shit's there. So that's what I'm going to be doing for the next couple of weeks. And me and Dave will be in the same, uh, same time zone for a while. Also, do you want to talk about the Super Bowl real quick? How rigged it is. You think it's, you think it's rigged? <laughs> it's been rigged since 94 i want to i want to know your thoughts because i have i obviously have some uh biased thoughts being an eagles fan but tell me what you thought of the game overall it was a good game a great game mm-hmm. i didn't i thought it was rather noticeable that players were slipping and the turf wasn't like amazing i think I that's what happens i didn't mind that though yeah like everyone's everyone's slipping like it's not just like eagles players but chiefs players as well too but anywho um i wasn't happy with the result i wanted the eagles to win i really didn't appreciate what like i know like the mayor of cincinnati said some said some fucked up shit but that wasn't even fucked up, like, man. Who cares about that? I know it was a joke, but like Travis Kelsey just takes everything to the nth degree, and it's just like <laughs> he's the kind of guy that like like y'all are just sitting around, and then he'll like come up to you and just go right in your face and go, "Woo!" No, he is hundred percent that guy. You know? I, like, I told you, just like why, why, why? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. He's he also in college would just go up to people and tell. Tell him how good he is at football. He literally come up to you and be like, "Dude, I'm so good at football," and then just walk away. Anyway, keep going. He is good at football. He's so good at football. <laughs> Let other people tell you like, that. Yeah, I mean, he said he called the mayor a jabroni, but like he's the mayor shouldn't have done that. Like, but also, like, come on, dude, it, it's a joke. Why? I never understood yeah. why people take that shit so seriously. I mean, he shouldn't. Uh, the mayor, like, come on, like, grow up a little bit. But like, he he just missed. He just missed on a joke. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> what'd you think of that that uh, holding call at the end? I mean, it was a hold, but the ball was like way overthrown. I just don't like how like they'll call holding penalties for like balls that have that are thrown nowhere near. How about that was the only defensive holding call all game and you're gonna sit here and tell me that no one tugged on a jersey all game? No one was holding all game? 
that uh, to to call that at the end of the game after it not being called all game, and that's like the first time you're just like, all right, the most important the most important third down of the game, you call you throw a flag. It's that's I I don't have a, a problem with the call. I have a problem with how it's called. You know, if you're not consistent, it's like it's like an ump in in baseball with the strike zone. It's like you throw it low and away, you call it a strike in the bottom of the ninth, and I'm out. And you didn't call that all game. You're just gonna make rules up as we go, because you could you could probably find a hold in the offensive line every play. Um, it just like the egregious ones get called. So this one wasn't egregious. Juju Smith-Schuster wasn't tra- wasn't calling that he got held, so obviously he felt like, hey, this has been happening all game, whatever. The ball was very uncatchable, but apparently the flag was out before the ball was thrown, which is ridiculous, but it just, I don't know. I mean, I usually, I'm not one to blame the refs, but it just sucks that we kind of get robbed of like a final drive of Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. And it just always Not feels a chance, right? Yeah. And it always just feels like things kind of go the chief's way. And that's kind of frustrating just because like you want it to be fair. It's like, I understand the, the Bengals game, like the late hit. I mean, it wasn't a big hit. You don't have it was to, late though. It was, it was late, but I'm just saying like, if that hit was on the Bengals side, not the Chiefs side, not on the Chiefs bench, is that being called? Like when the refs are getting yelled at by the coaches and players, that influences them a little bit. But like again, like let's flip the sides of the field. I think are still calling that. Uh, I mean, like obviously the the Cooper Cup pass interference last year just seems. I'm not saying refs are an issue. I'm just saying, like, sometimes just put the whistle in the pocket and just let them play unless something is egregious. Like, something is like, oh my, like the fucking pass interference, the Saints, uh, Saints Rams game. Like, oh where, my God. Yeah. Like, the, no call there. Like, when, when are we going to figure this out? Or, or what the hell's a catch? Like, how, how many times are we going to review? And I'm going to say, that was a catch. That but wasn't a catch. Which one? No, I'm just saying, like, just playing along. Like, that was a catch. That wasn't a catch. Yeah, well, yeah. It's like it's like the guy, the Eagles guy, who it was like the fumble for a touchdown, but they called it incomplete. That looked like a catch to me. But also the Devonta Smith catch when he was out of bounds, that looked like a catch to me, but they called it incomplete. So, I, I don't know. I I think, number one, I think they should get rid of slow motion replays. It makes everything look a lot worse than it is. And everything should be in real time. And the first thought should be like, okay, that that wasn't it. Unless they're looking for like a toe tap. But like if, because like if you watch the, who was it, Miles Sanders? When Miles Sanders got hit in real time, it doesn't look like he caught it. But in slow motion, it does. So, like, what are we doing? Like, stop. We're not watching the game in slow motion. We're watching it, you know, in real time. So, if if you're going to officiate it in real time, don't look at it in slow motion. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Chiefs won. Patrick Mahomes is pretty good. Travis Kelsey is pretty good. The Eagles' defense sucked. That's like one big thing. They couldn't stop anything. Uh, Jalen Hurts seems to be a he's going to be pretty solid. So, I don't know. It was a great game, but horrible ending. But, uh, yeah, it's two years in a row my teams are in this Super Bowl, and they're good enough, to break, good enough to break my heart. <laughs> well, I honestly am confident in saying the Bengals will hopefully be having more opportunities like that in the future, whether or not they're playing for AFC championships or Super Bowls. It's still fun, enjoyable, cool, and I know that we will call call it Burrowhead Stadium again. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> uh, just kidding, but yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they know, can come to look at, Hopefully they can come to Paycor, and they can call it like Patcor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Patcor. <laughs> so stupid. Patcor and Burrowhead. Yeah. You heard. You heard that you're first. Once Bengals get once Bengals get home field advantage next year, you know Chiefs fans are gonna call it Pat Core. Yep. Yeah, well, anyway, no more football. Are you uh do you follow any other sports like that or do you follow basketball? I've been following the NBA pretty closely. Okay. Do you watch college basketball? No. See, I, I used to like heavily, but I think ever since I got out of school, like after a couple years out of school, I kind of just lost interest because, you know. They're younger than you. Oh, I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, since he hasn't really been as relevant and the product just isn't as good. Yeah, Bearcats are a little down. Xavier's doing all right. Xavier's doing good. They're I know they're not your favorite team, so dude, I don't really give a, I honestly don't care anymore. When the crosstown shoot I was going on, I was getting all these texts from people in Cincy who were Xavier fans. I'm like, like dude, I one, I don't live there anymore. I graduated fucking ten years ago. So You were probably like the crosstown shootouts going on today? Yeah, exactly. It's like why is it be playing at why is it played at twelve <laughs> o'clock? Why is it in the middle of the day? This game is so big. Play at seven, <laughs> dude. Like, I loved it when they played on a Friday night at seven o'clock. That was like back when they were playing. Like I don't Steve get... Logan was playing, Kenyon Martin. Oh, those guys, dude. Steve Logan was my guy. Uh, I don't get why they they play. They literally played at twelve o'clock. <laughs> twelve o'clock on a Saturday, and it's nine a.m. for me. I'm like, you know, like getting out to the golf course, and I'm like getting an update, like. <laughs> Xavier Cincinnati in 15 minutes, 12 o'clock game for this should at least be a four o'clock game. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. Agreed. Yeah. How do you get up for that? It's just middle of the day. There's college football on. (laughs) I think the reason they want to keep it early is probably because of like what's happened in the past with them too. One time. You remember what was that your freshman year? Yeah, hell yeah, man! Yancey Gates throwing throwing haymakers—that was amazing. <laughs> bring it back, not, 
Do you want to get Knocked ratings? When when Cincinnati can't can't hit a shot, they'll hit you in the face. So <laughs> <laughs> And Kenny Freese will crawl will crawl out of the bottom of the pile and start yelling with blood dripping down his face. That was the most wild thing I've ever seen. And then they changed it from the crosstown shootout to like the crosstown showdown. And no one liked that. So yeah. they changed they changed it back, but now they have to play it at twelve o'clock like they have some kind of curfew. I think that's what it is. Stupid. People are soft. Yeah. But we're ga- we're gangsters. We're not thugs. <laughs> <laughs> All time interview, man. All time. <laughs> I forgot they said that. Oh yeah, dude. Then they then they're they missed <laughs> then they miss Xavier missed the tournament that year and since he went to the Sweet Sixteen, so then they That's lost right. then they lost to my second favorite team. Ohio State. Yep. Mm. That hurt. Yeah, I remember that. Ohio State was good then too, though. Yeah, oh yeah, that was when they had uh, like Jared Sollinger and and uh, Aaron Kraft. <laughs> Aaron Kraft still might be playing for Ohio State. We don't. I don't know. He's been in. Who else is on the team? Mike Conley. No, that was that was when Greg Oden was on the team. Uh, who was the dude? Was it, it wasn't Evan Turner? No, I think it was. No, he le- he was a one and done. I think he was like right after Greg Oden. I don't know. They had, they had a good team though, but they beat Cincy. Jared Sollinger destroyed them. That yeah, hurt. he did. Well, but we'll be back soon. Hopefully. Let's hope so. Fingers crossed. Good luck to so. Xavier this year. And no. they're ranked like 13 now, so. No. Cincinnati might have not even make the NIT. <sighs> I don't know what happened. I wanted Mick Cronin to be gone, and the whole program went to shit, and UCLA is about to win a national championship, so. Care for what you wish for. Yep. Yeah, I can, I can say I'm wrong now. I just didn't like how they couldn't put up 60 points. That's I know. Yeah, that was frustrating. Like always seeing like checking the scores and seeing something like that. And like they would never score anything high. Like never. Just run an offense or like run run a faster pace. You know? They they played like the the worst offense I've ever seen. And it was frustrating. I remember they, they once beat South Florida 45 to 43. And it was a brutal game to watch. Like, you're going to sit here and tell me you'd rather watch college basketball than the NBA after that? Come on. They're putting up, shoot, 80 points and a half per team. <laughs> well, we just watch them shoot. It's just like, oh, that's in. It's so much faster. It's just like, wow, you came take your. Like, I was on the plane yesterday. I was watching the. The Bucks, Celtics, and Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and Al Horford weren't playing, but even their backups were just – Blake Griffin made like four threes in the first quarter. That's awesome. Yeah. 
So, I don't know. Anyway, let's get out of here. You have anything else to say? Um, thanks for listening, everyone, especially if you made it this far. <laughs> um, plugs, Cloverneck Open on Instagram, all one word. David Wetterick on Instagram, all one word. Dreamcatcher Golf Co. on Instagram, all one word. Word, um, Dreamcatcher Golf Co. on YouTube. Um, Mike, I'll just keep going with it. Traveling Athlete on Traveling Athlete Pod. Pod. Traveling Athlete Pod on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. TikTok. And um, I'll let you handle yours. At Mike Wolf Golf on Instagram, YouTube, and uh, TikTok. So. Yeah. All right. We'll be back next week. Dave. Like, share, subscribe, follow. Oh, shit. Appreciate y'all. We got to do it again, dude. We left the lens cap on.